passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Happy Friday, everybody. This is Wei Ting here. And for those of you on the free feed, we are here to present to you with a Friday free edition of the Post Wrestling Daily News Update. Many of you will know that we've been doing this every single day for the month of November on both the Post Wrestling Cafe feed as well as YouTube.com slash Post Wrestling. John and I have been uploading these pretty consistently every day at about 1 o'clock or so. And if you are a Post Wrestling Cafe patron, of course you can get all of these directly to your phone through your custom RSS available at PostWrestlingCafe.com. But if you for some reason don't want to be a patron, you can always listen and watch these at youtube.com slash postwrestling. All we ask from you is a subscribe. We're trying to hit 10k on our YouTube channel. So I think we're about a 1300 away. So if you can help us with that, if you already watch the shows, but don't subscribe, give us a subscribe at youtube.com slash postwrestling. Or if you want these directly to your phone, patreon.com slash postwrestling. Thanks, guys. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our post-daily news update for Friday, November the 12th. I am John Pollock alongside Wei Ting. Wei, where were you five years ago today? Oh, five years ago t- today? Five years ago. Okay, that would be uh, 2016, November 12th, 2016. Um, I would assume just uh, at work. Um, Correct. I have, Dude, I have no clue. Conor McGregor, Eddie Alvarez, Madison Square Garden. Of course. The week of, of the U.S. election. Ooh, okay, wow. Damn, that was a that surreal was week for us to be in the States. I, I remember that so vividly, getting there on the Tuesday, the day of the election, which I remember more of that, of our trip, than the actual, which was a hell of a UFC card, by the way, uh, their first one at Madison Square Garden. But that uh, UFC 205 was on this date in 2016. Yeah, being in downtown Manhattan on the night of the election and then the day after with the results was uh, well, quite the experience and pretty solemn, I would say, overall uh, in, in that particular part of the country itself. So that was certainly memorable. Wow, All-time all time classic waiting moment for me was way falling asleep around 9.30 p.m. as I followed along all the coverage and you went to sleep when Hillary was ahead and you woke up at the point of the projection and get the fuck out of here when i told you what happened listen i mean i think we were all there where we were just thinking okay this is some publicity stunt that's been taken way too far there's no way in hell this man would actually win the election and i went to bed with that pretty much that like you know (laughs) and most polls were leading that way i mean this was like a i'm not gonna say it was like a shocking outcome but it was i think that there were a lot of people that were not anticipating that um that that outcome based on like the, the polling and uh just i think the the rational thought most had of once people actually got into a, a voting booth and had to check off a box but uh you would have been incorrect that year 
Five years since then. Wow. A lot's happened. That's been a quiet five years. You know, what, what, what much has happened? Uh, let's get into everything. It's a crazy, crazy weekend uh, coming up as I am looking at all of the things. Way, are you aware that in addition to uh, SmackDown and Rampage tonight, that this weekend includes uh, two GCW events, uh, one of which is Saturday's Nick Gage Invitational. We've got a Bellator and UFC this weekend. It's AEW Full Gear. It is New Japan's Battle in the Valley in San Jose. There is the start of the Best of the Super Juniors on Saturday, the start of the World Tag League on Sunday. ROH is doing their Honor for All streaming event on Sunday evening. Uh, those are just some of the the highlights of the weekend. I actually wasn't aware that so much was happening um, outside of, I guess, our periphery. You know, um, for me, I mean, I'm, I'm mainly focusing on AEW full gear, but no doubt a whole lot of other stuff to watch as well if you're not an AEW fan. I really want to see the San Jose card. It is uh, carving out the time, but I, I probably will not see that until Sunday night. But um, mm-hmm. looks like a, a very strong show. Uh, we're going to do a whole preview of Full Gear. But before that, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Tony Khan did a uh, conference call on Thursday with uh, members of the media. And I was uh, on this call and went over a lot of um, so, some interesting notes going over um, their formatting for the pay-per-views that they've kind of settled on this four-hour main card window for their pay-per-views. So we're looking at about four and a half hours when you throw in the buy-in. So uh, tentatively, way we'll be going live around midnight on Saturday night. That's what it's looking like. Yeah, it'll be a bit of a longer day. So well, I'll be up. Um, I guess the thing that got maybe the most attention was Tony Khan that took issue with the uh, lack of credit he received for paying the the AEW women that appeared on the Empower card back in August, I guess, namely Layla Hirsch, who was in the uh, the featured match, and stating he he paid for those representatives from AEW to work the card and felt like a NWA uh, didn't make a big enough deal about that and stating that it, it was part of their agreement. So I guess this was um, his way of uh, take, taking credit for this. It was a little... Um, I don't really know how that that would quite work when you actually flesh it out that, well, everybody, uh, here's Layla Hirsch, who we didn't pay for. Uh, Tony Khan covered the cost of Layla Hirsch here on our pay-per-view. But (laughs) but I mean, if the NWA agreed to this, then they agreed to it. But it just seems like it was um, I don't really know how you would have seamlessly worked that into the actual broadcast itself. But uh, Tony Khan and listen, I'm sure Tony Khan feels that it's like. I get all this criticism about, you know, the handling of the women's division and their placement on our shows. But then I have monetarily supported other aspects and and get none of that uh, credit. So maybe there is something to do with the criticism in one direction and lack of praise in the other. That was probably his thinking. And the way it came out, I thought was pretty awful especially you know when you just kind of think in larger context the what what the what the question was about and this came from a question from Ella J a reporter who i think was hoping to introduce a conversation about just the you know the 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 role of uh, women's wrestling within AEW and Tony Khan kind of responding in this very much you know um i would say bitter way uh bringing up you know, as he says, his analogy was that he it's like paying for dinner and then 
uh, not getting acknowledged uh, from a from a friend, and I understand that would be upsetting, especially you know this is the biggest source of criticism I would say for AEW is the treatment of the women on on their roster. Um, so for him, clearly this was a bit of a sore spot, but I thought it came out in absolutely the wrong way at a time where, you know, in these conference calls, um, you are expected to to you know be representative of your company in a very, I, I would say, and. Eh, you know, uh, people are going to scrutinize your words. And even though he might have a justification for being upset about not getting credit, I suppose, for spending the money. Uh, number one, I don't really think it's that um, relevant to the actual question or the conversation. It is in that, yes, okay, so I suppose this is Tony Khan saying, yeah, well, um, I I fully support women's wrestling. I'm doing the TBS tournament, and I put out some money into this Empowered show, which I never got credit for. But at the same time, I think there's a bigger conversation that um, could still be had, and I think he could have handled that situation a whole lot better because the headlines coming out of this whole thing is that you know, you're getting a whole lot more um, negative press than positive for sure. Uh, some other topics that he uh, dove into were uh, potential changes, just uh, kind of look and feel for Dynamite once it moves over to TBS, but also hedging that with if any of those changes are not received well, we'll just change back to the old way. So, I mean, he, he seems to have a very uh, fluid thought process when it comes to any kind of changes. Said he had not had any discussions with Bray Wyatt the last time he saw him was at Chris Jericho's birthday party last year, uh, but it was very late in the evening. Uh, he confirmed the Battle of the Belt special, uh, not specifying the date, but Andrew Zarian from the Matt Men podcast had reported Saturday, January 8th, and Khan did note that they would be starting off the year strong, so indicating that would be the date. And when the subject of the New Japan uh, deal came about, uh, and going back to that promo he infamously cut back when there was... Uh, reporting about the WWE trying to work out something with New Japan. He said he did run that heel promo by New Japan, and they loved the idea because the idea of New Japan and WWE working together was news to Tony Khan because him and New Japan had laid out a bunch of plans, and I guess he felt very confident that th this deal with WWE and New Japan was not going to uh, pan out. But uh, those were, uh, I guess, the key things, and that there would be some updates on the Owen Hart Cup after full gear. So, um, a bit of news coming out of this. I wouldn't say anything uh, earth-shattering or, or anything, but largely uh, covering a few different bases of the company's business. Yeah, confirmation of several things. And you know what? Like, if you're Tony Khan, um, you don't really have to do this. You know, like Vince McMahon certainly isn't isn't going out there fielding questions from uh, 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 journalists and, and, and whatnot. Dana White used to do these, and as far as I know, he's not doing them anymore, um, probably because it's worth a lot more headache uh it's more headache than it's actually worth but for now we get to enjoy these tony Khan conference calls i hope he continues them um you know not a great look in the form of um his response to that one question but beyond that i i think his time is always appreciated you know to get a direct line into the head of the company yeah i, I would say i think he does need to be doing these i mean sometimes you know i it's it's never a black or white situation sometimes you're your quotes will not be represented fairly. And sometimes they are, and it just doesn't paint you in a great light. And that's not the fault of those that are covering you. That is what came out of your mouth. Um, and that's speaking to like just a larger part. I know Dana White got very frustrated with these. And you're right. Dana White got to a point. He did not have to be doing 45 minutes of scrums after a press conference that he would routinely do um, 
Yeah, but I would oh, say I've, for, hel- I've held cameras for like hour pluses, like capturing these. It's yes. Yeah. This led to the long. invention of the hockey stick uh, method to keep the microphone planted in place for 45 minutes. I mean, it was the man was extremely generous with uh, w- with his time. And I got to experience that firsthand. But I would say for Tony Khan, I think they're still in this position where I think, you know, these kinds of things, um, it, it does get some press to your 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 online fan base that is going to be, you know, interested in this information and an audience that you are constantly trying to connect with more so than your competitor. So I would say that, um, you know, it's interesting because NXT has stopped doing these. The The best kind of direct line was Paul Levesque for all those times. And of course, health issues aside, he had not done one of those conference calls for the prior takeover either. So it looks like that might be a thing of the past. Yeah, most likely. Um, I, I would love to know how one of those would go today. Dynamite on Wednesday did 913,000 viewers, a 0.35 in the demo. So finishing third, they were basically like even with the uh, with the NBA game that was ranked second. And then the early or the, the late game was number one uh, on cable for the night. So they were up 4% in viewers, up 6% in the demo and I would say like this, this might be kind of our leveling off area way with the with the West Coast mountain time zone fluctuation that they have airing live across the country. Uh, although for next Wednesday, I would think you you would be shooting for a big number coming out of the pay-per-view that traditionally has done very well when you've had a buzzworthy uh, pay-per-view. But, um, you know, this is it, it is down from what they were doing in, in September and before going to those those Saturday night shows. Uh but do you see this somewhat being sort of a ceiling for Dynamite? Or do you think that this is maybe a bit of a malaise in the program, that there there is a higher level to be achieved even with the uh, the, the time zone adjustments that they've had to make? Yeah, I mean, I, I see the time zone thing being a bit of a stumbling block all the way until they're moved to TBS. So at least they have something there to look forward to, to see if uh, things will improve once, once uh, the TBS deal starts. But I would say for a show that, I don't know how much there was to look forward to on this show. You know, considering all that, I I actually think, like, the number was pretty good. You know, um, even if this is considered sort of like your... I don't know if you would consider, consider it a bottoming out, but, like, ahead of a pay-per-view, is there increased interest? I don't know. For me, it wasn't a show that had a whole lot going for it. So to see this number, um, I didn't think it was that bad. But certainly next week will be a great indicator of whether or not the, the, the buzz from the pay-per-view will follow. And I think expectations are far higher for next week. I, I do think that next week, you know, if all the if all the pieces fall into place and you have the dynamic of Hangman Page in his home market, you're coming off a pay-per-view that I'm sure there will be several uh, elements that will be, you know, creating that, that buzz to come out of the show. I, I do see next week's show likely having a, a, a boost and, and we will see like where, um, wh- wh- where they can hit coming out of the pay-per-view. Highest uh, quarter hour, this uh, from Brandon Thurston, was uh, 8.45 to 9 o'clock, which contained the end of the uh, Bowens and Jungle Boy match. Uh, also the Hangman Omega video, Cold Bucks and Fish backstage, as well as Punk and Kingston. So a bit of interest. Yeah. And what were the figures for, for that quarter? For the prime or the total? Uh, for, for the demo number. The demo, 478,000. Uh, let's let's take a quick look at full gear because it appears we have uh, the full card and we'll just get some some quick thoughts on these matches. Wait, starting with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, which um, 
yeah, there, there's been a lot of coverage uh, going into this this match on Saturday. The fact that it has been told for such a prolonged period of time. You have the story of Hangman Page in the very first AEW match at the first double or nothing, winning the Casino Battle Royale and promising to become the first AEW champion, failing to do so against Chris Jericho. Is this, is any other outcome than Hangman Page winning this title, overthinking things, and ruining something? Do you see any chance of Kenny Omega leaving with this championship? There's always a chance. You know, there's always a chance of uh, something. But I think a lot of people are buying this pay-per-view with the expectation that they're they're going to see the crowning of their favorite babyface in the company and hangman Adam page. And I don't think it's like Tony Khan to book a show without a satisfying ending. So unless they can come up with an ending that is more satisfactory than hangman page, leaving this show with that belt, I don't see it. Um, I don't see many possibilities that would exist that would leave people satisfied other than that conclusion. So I, I think that that'll be the outcome. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because if you look at this and the Danielson Miro match, uh, number one, I really love the idea that coming out of this pay-per-view, you have the next title match at a date to be determined. And I think like with Danielson, I mean, you you have a, you have a, a booking direction that could totally make sense of Omega and Danielson going for that title. Uh, conversely, I think Danielson or Miro as Hangman's first title defense is more than adequate, especially if it's going to be on a big television special, the question would be how how long can you hold off on that match? Because in theory, that should be like the next match, and I don't know if you can hold off on that till say January eighth, for instance. Right. Okay. Well, what are the the next big events for AEW that we've got? Well, so so, got- so you battle the belts is what you're saying that you don't think they can hold off until. I think that's a long time. Like, look at Danielson; he's wrestling every single week. And I don't know how much, well, for, for either guy to be wrestling every week uh, until January 8th, it just seems like a long way to go. You've got the... Is it that long? I guess you're months. right. Yeah, I mean, it is only January 13th. Th- think about that. It's the same amount of time since Danielson debuted with AEW that you'd be waiting for that title match. Yeah, that'd be like eight weeks, um, which is an eternity these days in pro wrestling. So could they do it for one of these other shows? You know, will we see a winter is coming Part two, perhaps, or, or uh, 2021 version. You've got the Chicago Dynamite uh, the night before Thanksgiving. You've got that first show in Chicago, Long Island. Chicago, come on. They've, those guys have enough. Spread the wealth, okay? Chicago is way too spoiled this year. Long Island, like that that UBS Arena card. That's that's a very mm-hmm. big venue that they're running. That's that's certainly an option. I think it's they certainly have dates to fill. Like the very first Dynamite on TNT needs to be a major card. And then several days later is that Battle of the Belt show. So it's it's just a question of how far you hold off on. And it de- it depends on the combination as well. Um, if you have Danielson, you could maybe build it to something further. I would say Hangman and Miro, um, y- you might want to do that sooner. Hangman and Danielson is the bigger match. But I think for story, especially if you're maybe going to just put it on TV, I I like Page versus Miro. I mean, most people are going to expect Page to win his first title defense, and I think a win against Miro would be 
acceptable. You're not giving anything that I think would be it. It would be a pay-per-view caliber match, but Danielson versus Page is a bigger pay-per-view caliber match or bigger, you know, TBS T, TNT special match. So I I would probably save that. Plus, this is Miro satisfying his his uh does his goal, relationship with with God. You know, and and uh, finally being able to see his wife. Whereas, honestly, I don't see much motivation for Brian Danielson. He's never really spoke of winning the championship. It, it, it he's just kind of in it for wrestling. But Miro has explicitly said as a character his intention to win the championship. So I I think Miro wins. Yeah, I I I think you can make arguments either way. I think Hangman and Danielson. Like, if I'm going to beat Danielson for the first time. I think it would be better with Hangman than Miro, but with Miro, um, there's there's a lot to do with him as well. I think this character has just been tremendous, and I think he's he's way bigger now after losing that TNT title, given the, these promos. And I would say that um, him falling to Hangman Page would just send this guy into um, like satanic worship at that point. Wow, would be interesting. You know, we also have to consider. Okay, this this was set to be John Moxley in this mm-hmm. position, and I think Moxley would have likely won. Probably, tournament. yeah. So you do Moxley versus Page, um, and you know Moxley's in here. I, I I I I personally think Miro just basically takes this place in the story. Britt Baker and Ty Conti for the women's championship. Uh, I I see Baker retaining this. Um, I won't say that a hundred percent, but I'm more interested in seeing Ty Conti have the the performance of her lifetime. I think um, she is one of the most improved people on this roster, and I expect them to get their 11, 12 minutes in this match to really showcase them, and this will be... This, this is a big spotlight for her. Huge spotlight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't see a title change for this one. I think Ty Conti is a level of opponent that is, you know, below, I think, your stars uh, of the promotion... Uh, they do have the TBS title, which, you know, can satisfy somebody like a Jade Cargill, maybe even a Thunder Rosa at this point. But ultimately, I don't see Bra- Baker losing the belt to anybody but Thunder Rosa at the moment. So, but but, but my interest is much like you, John. I, I want to see a great match. And for Ty Conti, regardless of outcome of this match, it's it's the biggest match of her career. The inner circle against the men of the year, Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky, and Dan Lambert. Uh, I I just see this ending with Lambert eating the Judas effect and Dan Lambert goes away, but I hope he retools and comes back as as their Bobby Heenan who just brings in a constant slew of guys because I certainly see a future for Junior Dos Santos. Andre Arlovsky is the question mark. I don't know how he is going to fit into all of this. We will see if he takes to it or not, but I think this is all geared around Dan Lambert, especially after that angle on Wednesday, um, eating the Judas effect and being carted off you think it's a sure thing that they don't win that i mean lambert can still take the juice juice effect but still have att win yeah you depending on where you're going with this and if you have a great idea with junior dos santos there is the argument that if you're not getting mosfidal a jericho junior dos santos match i think that would be something very intriguing to jericho to as a challenge for him to have a singles match with dos santos and you could go that direction by the end of this, I see Lambert ultimately having to uh, eat the Judas effect in this, but I, I am going to go with the inner circle to win this. Yeah, I suppose since they lost that pinnacle feud, um, I suppose that, you know, a, a group win is in order for the inner circle. But I I look forward to seeing more of JDS. I'm 
I don't know what to expect of Andre Orlovsky, even in like a street fight setting. Like seeing Andre Orlovsky with a chair or something is going to be weird as hell. <laughs> um, but we'll see how they work it, man. Like they have two, they have three very inexperienced people here in in the ring with like you know uh, Jericho and the others. So um, I I think we're going to see a lot of bells and whistles, but um, hopefully it's satisfying. It's going to be very crowded as well. I mean, you're going to have to have. Mm-hmm. Several people kind of directing traffic um, with, yeah, three very inexperienced uh, people in this one. Lucha Brothers and FTR for the AEW tag titles. This match should be awesome. You know, um, it's really it. Like, it's going to be, I think it'll be a great match. Um, As far as outcome, I, I see the Lucha Brothers retaining. I do too. I think that it's, um, yeah, I'm looking at this match. I think I think it's going to deliver. I mean, they- they've had some like clunky segments on television, but I think in this this tag format, I think they're going to have the-, the the match down, and this is probably going to you know continue to play itself out with the uh, with the recent like Triple Mania announcement, and probably extend beyond just this uh, pay per view on on Saturday night. I-, I like the Lucha Brothers to retain as well. It seems like they they had the big win over the Young Bucks, and then they've. They've kind of been worked into this program where they've been a bit on the back burner, and I think they can have a a prolonged run with the tag titles and and go and go through a variety of different programs. But uh, I'll be interested as well the placement of this one as well. This could be a really hot opener, to be quite honest. It could absolutely. I look at all of these matches. It's like I don't know if like usually you see the one match. It's like that's that's your dynamite opener. Uh, pardon the pun, but on this card, uh, I don't know what's going to open the show. Could be any number. Um, maybe I could see Superclick versus Christian in, in the Jurassic Express. Maybe in that spot. Maybe maybe Alan MJF, maybe. Or maybe um Pack Rhodes and Black and El Idola. Uh Darby and MJF. This I see MJF winning this match and being like a uh a major contender. And maybe we look at uh, Hangman Page MJF at some point. Uh, maybe that is something that you earmark for the first pay-per-view of next year, but I'm, I'm going to lean with MJF on this one. I think so too. I think MJF is um, pretty much on a very strong trajectory right now. Um, I think, you know, now with a baby face champion, potentially in hangman page, it, it perfectly lines him up to at least get a title challenge. If not, maybe an eventual title win. Cause he, he definitely, you know, was starting to feel that hot. Um, and Darby Allen can afford the loss. Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus against Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. Falls count anywhere. This is going to be spectacular. Um, yeah, this is... Uh, I would say that this is going to be a very difficult match to follow, but there is a ton of depth on this show that I'm not as concerned about that, and I think we're going to have a red-hot crowd um, that's going to have endurance on on this show. But uh, th- this one, to me, it's... Uh, of all the participants, Jungle Boy is has the spotlight in this match. I think this match is most about Jungle Boy, and maybe this is where you have him uh, get his submission on Adam Cole, uh, because I think that is a singles match that they're going to revisit, and maybe this is the chance to, he finally gets his uh, his decision on Adam Cole in a match. Perhaps, yeah, sure. I I, I could see the baby faces winning for this one. I I think it can very much be the match of the night. You know, anytime you have the Bucks in there, um, there's there's always that potential, and uh, we'll see if Bobby Fish gets involved. Pack and Cody Rhodes against Malachi Black and Andrade 
El Idolo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, this one to me just kind of feels like it's a chance to get some of your bigger stars on, but the heat for this one for Cody, I think, is going to be really interesting, as it always is. Um, Malachi Black is going to be one of the biggest baby faces on this show. That's always the case. So I see the heels winning for this one. What about the the pairing of Pack and Arn Anderson as Packing Heat? Packing Heat. Okay. I love it. I want to see that game plan going over with the three of them. And then the unofficial main event, Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk. Do you put this, where, where do you put this on the show? Man, um, I don't think I would start off with this. I mean, I think emotionally no, no. the crowd, like, and this is a matchup that they've only built up in a few weeks, but emotionally this is like uh, going to be one of the loudest uh, matches on the card there, especially after, like, I'm really looking forward to this um countdown special that's airing tonight and, and yeah. the story in particular with these they could have two. done the countdown to the countdown special <laughs> the countdown to the, absolutely but um yeah um th- this will be really loud in the arena i could see it somewhere in the middle or even in the semi-main if they want to go that route. i could see it second from the top i think it's either that or danielson and miro um right before your title match or baker conti like if they want to choose to you know put your title matches all towards the end one after the other but As far as like fan interest goes, this might be for some people the match they're looking forward to the most, even more so than the main event. The buildup would lead you to an outcome where Punk wins, but gives his respect to Kingston at the end. Like that's kind of the story here: is that Punk uh, was disrespectful to this guy during his uh, his early years in the industry, and they're just going to have a fight, and at the end of it. I see Punk prevailing because I think they will they will keep his uh, his record uh, unblemished uh, coming out of this one. I think so, too. I think you got to you're still in a position where you want to protect CM Punk so that you could build him for a major match, either against a hangman page or eventually a Kenny Omega. Uh, Kenny would be perfect, actually, you know, coming off of a total loss or something. Uh, so his value needs to be retained. And Eddie Kingston will be looking to have an incredible performance. Both these guys are, you know, like what type of match are they going to have, you know? CM Punk, I think, has had very good matches, but I I would say I don't know if he's really hit great yet with any of them. Um, you can argue maybe the the Darby Allen matches it was certainly memorable, but you know, are we getting to flirting with that you know four and a half star to five star level with a Punk match? We'll see. And then the buy in has Nyla Rose and Jamie Hader against Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa. Not really much uh, story to this one other than a match on the pre-show and probably maybe just a nice win for Thunder Rosa. Uh, going into the second round, we've got Jamie Hayter and Thunder Rosa. So perhaps um, just kind of a tease for that TBS tournament match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the outcome of this one, I guess, doesn't matter so much. It's more of a preview of, of what's to come. And I, I think Thunder Rosa will get a big reaction. Uh, Sheeta too. Yeah, and you've got the the Sheeta Rose uh, deal from last week with uh, Nyla Rose mocking her for how long it took Sheeta to get to fifty wins compared to her wins, which is not close 50. to fifty. Well, it's not fifty. I don't know what the number is, but it's not fifty. Okay. She doesn't have a trophy. <laughs> uh, this looks like a great show. Way I think a lot of people would have to have really off nights uh, for this not to deliver in a big way, and we could be talking. At, like sometimes you look at this card and it's like a card like this and you question, man, can you keep a crowd for this amount of time? Because this is all killer. And 
with AEW crowds, like they have been able to not, not completely, but they stay with it for most of the show that I don't worry about burnout as much as I would think about maybe, maybe other crowds. I don't either. Um, I, you know, like we've, we saw last time, I, I believe like, well, how many matches did they have all out? Let me just take a look here quickly at all out. We had, um, uh, 10 matches, same. And that conclusion of that pay-per-view was arguably one of the best, uh, endings to a pay-per-view ever. So if they can maintain that quality and I don't see how they couldn't with a roster like this, I don't know if it'll deliver on, on surprise the same way that the previous one will. But I think what this one does have is the culmination of potentially a, potential culmination of a very long-term storyline and hangman page and that moment i think will be more than enough to keep people awake um in the fourth hour yeah i would say your your surprises would be centered around any potential new japan involvement of who is over Mm. here that could be coming on wednesday or any, any kind of ideas like that which have certainly been been teased on on television they are in san jose okada and ishii that's right they they are there and that card will be happening. It'll be going against like the last hour of full gear. So yeah. It, oh it, man. What if we got a simulcast? <laughs> what if Gato just like shows up in, we get, uh, we get, a, we get a split screen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anything's Great. possible. Uh, so there you go, everybody. Uh, we will have reports up on the site on all the major shows this weekend. Wayne and I are back tonight with rewind to SmackDown. We'll be live at 11, 15 PM Eastern for all members of the post wrestling cafe. And we will go over SmackDown from uh, Norfolk, Virginia and the live rampage from the target center that has added Jade Cargill against Santana Garrett. And that joins Bobby fish against jungle boy and Matt Hardy versus orange Cassidy in a lumberjack match. All right. Let's let's see the culmination to to that feud. Finally, it's, it's a lineup on Rampage. I think they need a big promo for for one of the programs, whether it's it's Punk having a big promo going into the next night, or just someone. I think needs to have a a big promo segment. That's what I feel this this show needs tonight. Like the three matches don't uh, they don't grab me in a gigantic way. Right. Yeah. All right. That's it for us. Way any closing words? Um. Oh. Hey, Shang-Chi is out on Disney Plus. If you're a Disney Plus subscriber, it's out for free. So if you get a chance to watch it this weekend, do check out the review that I did with WH Park back when the movie was originally released. That is available for all patrons. If you just search MCU later, either on the Patreon or at postwrestlingcafe.com or postwrestling.com. All right. And maybe tonight we will get some of Wei's thoughts on Disney Plus Day. In, Ooh, in short, okay. MCU later has been extended for years and years to come. There might be more like MCU content than there is WWE content next year. It's, it's uh, it is crazy. We'll, we'll we'll pick Way's brain tonight of uh what what the hits and misses are from today's announcements. Thanks to everybody for uh, tuning in. Uh, you can subscribe youtubecom slash wrestling. We appreciate all the people that are helping us the drive to 10k. Subscribe, also- everybody. So many of you guys are watching this and not subscribed. I see all the analytics out here. You know, like 30, 40, 30 to forty percent of you are just simply watching this and not subscribing. Yeah, do yourself a favor. Do us a favor. Have this pop up immediately in your feeds and just hit the damn subscribe button. Thanks. It's like we're taking you out for dinner. Just give us a thank you. Okay. <laughs> By subscribing to the channel on YouTube. That is it. We'll speak with you tonight.